All right, my name is Stacy Petty, and I get the pleasure of serving your uh, the Ohio Kidman director, and I am married woo, for 15 years. I know I'm still a baby, but I think that's a big accomplishment. I am married to a police officer, so this last couple years have been a, a bit harder uh, as well with COVID. I have three children. One is 14. She's a girl. One is 12. She, he's a boy. She's a boy. <laughs> he's a boy. And I have an eight-year-old Macy, and she is one of a kind. And so today we are coming to you to talk to you about different ways to lead because we are polar opposites. So my voice is loud and boisterous. And then, hi, I'm Gigi. I'm Stacy's assistant. Um, not for much longer. I'm actually getting ready to transition on Monday. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> All for good reasons. I just feel like I need to be obedient to what God has called me to do. But God has been so faithful to provide Stacey with a really cute new admin. <laughs> cute is key. It was on the application job description. Uh, but a little bit about myself. I'm also married. I've been married for three years, so I'm very much a baby. <laughs> Um, I don't have kids, but I have a puppy, and his name is Waffles. Uh, he's my favorite. He's he has months. more clothes than all of my three kids combined. <laughs> he's 10 months, and he's my baby, and I love him so much. And um, I've been helping Stacy for almost two years, and I've been in kids' ministry. I actually figured out um, last night it was 15 years, and I'm not that old. So. And I've been in kids' ministry for 15 years old. 15 years, and I'm way older than her. <laughs> I was a children's director for eight years, and I'm second oldest of seven. Yeah, seven. So I just, I love kids. So And I love people who love kids, too. So I appreciate everyone here. So, okay. So raise your hand if you know the story um, in the Bible, Exodus chapter 17, um, where um, it's a battle. I forget what it's called. But basically the situation where... Moses had to raise his staff, and then Aaron and her. Okay, raise your hand if you know that. I love this story. Stacey, would you like to read this? I would love letters? to read it. So another difference in our personalities is she's afraid to read it because she's going to mess it up, and I'm going to mess it up, and I don't care. So Exodus 17, 8-13, Israel defeats the Amalekites. Why the people of Israel were still in at Rephidim, whatever. The warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, Come some men to go out, no, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff of his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. I'm such a kid's pastor. <laughs> so Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. As a result... Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the Bible. So, who would you consider is the leader in this story? 
Moses, Jesus. <laughs> Such a Christian easy answer. <laughs> well, I want to challenge us to think today that all three of them were leaders. Moses, Aaron, and Joshua. All three were leaders in this story in Exodus. And first, I want to look at Moses. Moses kind of is my job. I'm given this title. I'm told I have to do this thing. I feel completely inadequate. I can't talk. I have trouble reading. I've been appointed by God and by Pastor Wooten. I am somewhat gifted in some things. I'm, I've been well-trained, maybe not as a children's pastor, but as a nurse. So anybody having problems, I can do that. I am a multiplier. I'm passionate. I love to support people. I am obedient for the most part. Bold. And those are all things Moses was. Um, he took initiative. He was an intercessor, and I take that job of mine very seriously. I intercede on the behalf of you guys often, frequent. So Moses was a leader, a called, appointed leader. But so was Aaron. Um, I relate a lot to Aaron. Um, he was a peacemaker. Um, he was delegated or given authority by Moses. Um, spoke. He was um, Moses' spokesperson. Um, and oh, it's funny because, like, <laughs> whenever Stacy has an idea, I can almost, like, hear her voice. And I'm able to, like, interpret it and, like, make it very eloquent, like, in any email. So if you get an email from Stacy or me, it's... Usually she composed it. <laughs> so how many of you guys get my newsletter? Gravy. If you don't, you need to give me your email and we'll get you the newsletter. That little fun section at the top is usually her saying, all right, what do you have for, for our Kidman leaders for March? And I just rattle off what I've been praying about or what God's showing me. And then she writes, and I'm like, wow, you sound really good. <laughs> and, but that she is. She's my mouthpiece. She can, uh, what did you just write for me that I was, like, dumbfounded? Oh, the, we had the area leaders connection yesterday, so all the area reps were in. And I write, I didn't write, I spoke something in the front of that book. And then when she brought it to me, I was like, yes! That's just it, but I gave you like three bullet points. You're getting really good at this. Uh, so Aaron's very supportive um, and peacekeeper more so than keep uh, peacekeeper. Keep, yeah, peacekeeper more than peacemaker, uh, sorry. And I fall into that because I want to please people. Like I, I will fall into like whatever the person needs me to do, I will do that. And obviously that got Aaron in trouble. <laughs> with Moses and um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else oh, that's good Yeah. the last one is Joshua and I see you guys as that kids leaders, kids pastors in Ohio being like Joshua you are the military, you're the army you're on mm -hmm. the front lines, you're fighting the real battles and when I think of a kids leader in Ohio also Joshua, I think strong faithful, optimistic courageous visionary, hopeful, you seek God's promises, you have unwavering faith and loyalty, you're favored, it says flavored, powerful, <laughs> anointed, you're humble, you're motivated, you're productive, you're a prayer warrior. You've been appointed by someone and you're functioning in that role with, with authority because somebody gave it to you. 
And so that's Joshua, and that's who you guys are. So I look at all three of those, and I want to specifically look just for a moment at two. You have Moses and you have Joshua. Moses was a mess, and he didn't, he had, he didn't have a lot. I don't want to say he didn't have a lot, but compared to Joshua, he didn't have as much, that's the word, as much success in the moment he was alive. He wasn't as great, not as decorated, all of those things as Joshua. But you know what's more important than being decorated? Is the investment you make in the next leader. If you look at the story, Moses didn't have to do everything right, but what he did right is he set himself up a successor. And so he was developing Joshua all along the way. And so when Moses died, Joshua just stepped in. Uh, Moses failed a lot more than he would care to admit, I think, if he was here today. But his legacy lived on. God's promises lived on. They went to the promised land. They fulfilled all the things God wanted for them. But if you look in Judges 2, Joshua dies, his elders die, and then no one succeeds him because no one knows the Gospels. He was a success in his lifetime, but he was a failure when, it, when we look at the longevity of what God really truly wants us to do. So, are we, as Joshua's, because I'm also a Joshua in a local church, are we going to continue just to be Joshua's and not become Moses's? Who cares if you screw up? God doesn't care. He uses us. But we have to be thinking of how we're going to multiply ourselves and use the things God's given us in the way that he wants us to. So we want to talk about seven keys to effectively leading the way God made you. And the first one is vulnerable conversations. I think Moses had vulnerable conversations, did he not? He's like, Jesus is like, I want you to do this. No way! I can't! I can't even put two words together. And I, that is totally me and Jesus. Like, you want me to lead Ohio Kidman? I fought this job for a long time. A good eight months. Um, I actually, just to give you some background, I actually went to the Ohio State University and was a nurse and graduated there, became a nurse there, and was a nurse for about 10 years when I got a crazy text from an executive pastor and said, hey, crazy thought, Petty, why don't you quit your job and come be a children's pastor? How much does that pay? Because I just had a third kid and I bought a new van. <laughs> and he's like, well, you name your number, and we'll see if we can. So I did my bills to the penny, and God, was fav- God gave me favor, and I was able to quit my job and become a children's pastor. And then a couple years later, um, I got the same crazy guy. Hey, why don't you come be the Ohio Kidman director? Are you kidding me? I've done this for two years. I have no idea how to do that. And he goes, yeah, but what I really need someone to come in here to do is come in and build a team and a legacy and some people to lead. You don't necessarily have to know stuff. I just need you, and I've seen you work in the local church. I need you to come do that at the state level. I was like, if you just need me to fix a budget and you just need me to build a team of people that actually know what they're doing, I can do that. How many years do I have to do that for? Because that may take me a while because I, I wasn't truly rooted in, in all things AG yet. Now I drink the, all the lemonade and, and Kool-Aid. <laughs> but those vulnerable conversations also happen between Gigi and I. 
And so when you have people that you work closely with, I, I challenge you to have a vulnerable conversation. Now, vulnerability and transparency, I think, are two totally different things. I think vulnerability you need to have. It's those conversations that, that we're having right now that I had no idea what I was doing. But God will be faithful in your obedience. But then there's transparency, which if you have a closer person that you work with or live life with, that's when those conversations happen. And those are, how is your family? Um, you look a little off today. What's going on? Maybe we need to pray about that. Maybe let's talk that through. I mean, I don't know how to fix it, but let's, let's talk about it. And then the, the last thing under vulnerable conversations is we really have to biblically have a truth and a love. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that right. We need to create a truth and a love culture. And what that looks like is you can't have truth without love and you can't have love without truth. Because if you have love without truth, then you'll have dysfunction. It doesn't work. You can't just love everybody and not bring truth into it. It doesn't work. But you also can't have truth. I just messed that up. You can't have love without truth. You'll have dysfunction. If you can't have truth without love, then you'll have distance. Because people don't want to be around you. Because they're scared of you. You don't have that loving mentality that Jesus wants us to have. If you have love plus truth, you'll have development. And I've seen that over and over again on healthy teams. You really have to be able to bring truth to people. And, and we've had several conversations where she's brought a little candor my way, but also love. She says it in such a loving way. So love on people, but be honest with people and challenge them to grow. So have those vulnerable conversations, even if it's uncomfortable. And a couple of things that we talked about yesterday in our area meeting, Mark Emsminger talked about just a few taglines that he used. Um, help me with them if I, if I butcher them. But uh, you use lines like, help me understand. Yeah. Like, you're upset about something. What's the example he used? Do you remember? I'll just use one of ours. How yeah, about that? Yeah, okay. The website didn't get done, and our due date was last week. Hey, Gigi, help me understand. How's come? It's in Asana. I know we talked about it. Help me understand how that didn't get done. Well, immediately, she can just tell me what happened. But if I would have come to her and said, Gigi, why didn't the website get done? You know. Now, I've done both. I'll be honest. <laughs> we, we have to. They're waiting on it. Like The response of those two things are com- going to be completely different. But our relationship from those two things are going to be completely different. So what was the other one? It feels like. It feels like. It feels like. You use this one. I'll let you explain that one. Well, I feel like with having vulnerable conversations, you have to be honest. And sometimes I feel like as an introvert, like I don't want to share my feelings. Because sometimes I feel like I don't know if they're valid. But it's important that she needs to know. So I need to be honest, and you know, it feels like, I don't know, whatever. You're off your rocker. (laughs) (laughs) You know, or it feels like you don't appreciate me, or it feels like, you know, and it kind of takes off the pressure of, like, accusing them. You're just being honest about how you feel, and you're just being open. Yeah. So. That leads right into the next one. Yes. So the next one is don't 
get offended. So these are things, like, because Stacey and I lead completely different, like, but yet we work so well together. So that's what we're trying to go through with these examples. And getting offended, it's very easy. Raise your hand if you are a human being. (laughs) (laughs) All right, raise your hand if you've ever caused offense or been offended, right? It's going to happen. We cannot prevent it, right? So I love, raise your hand if you know Stephen Furtick. Anyone familiar with Okay, he did a message, I think like four years ago, and it was called like fences. And he basically said fences, like literally build fences. And he had like little like pieces of wood and like, so basically offenses cause division. Um, or we can instead allow offenses to either help us to be more gracious, gracious to each other because we're humans, right? We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have bad days, and we're going to have good days. I've been learning that with my dog. <laughs> I know it sounds so weird, but I'm like, even dogs have bad days. I'm like, i got to give grace. <laughs> so um, we have a choice. We can choose to be offended and get mad and not address the situation, or we can choose to be like, you know what? They're just probably having a really bad day. When they calm down, I'll mention it. I'll mention how that made me feel. Or, um, you know what? I'm just going to let it go. Like, there's no reason to hold on to that. Um, Because God has been really gracious to us, right? I mean, we are so undeserving of his grace. And I love this scripture. Um, Colossians 3.13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Which leads into our next one. So... With Gigi and I working so close together and a lot of the times in the summer with interns and giving away authority, there just cannot be any place of jealousy or competition. You just got to get that off your plate and be able to function in a place where you can give that authority and, and be okay if it fails. That's just, how do we learn? How did you guys all learn how to do what you're doing? Did you, did you do it without failing? If you did, more power to you, but I certainly have not. I failed, I learned, and I did it different. And so if we don't allow people to do that, then it's not going to work in the end. So take that threat of letting that go and maybe even jealous that they can do it better than you. Um, but a main thing that every time I bring someone on our Ohio Kidman team on the leadership role or an admin like Gigi, it's within the first week that I have the conversation of what makes you tick? Why, why, why are you here? Why did God create you? What is it about you? Even when I was at the local church just having conversations, whenever I'm talking to somebody, I try to figure out what they're passionate about. And I don't care that if they fit in my mold of where I'm going. Yes, I bathe everything I do in prayer, 100%. And I know what God, the trajectory that God wants me to go on. But that's not the only thing that I'm called to do. I'm called to raise up leaders. And so when Gigi and I first sat down, her heart was, number one, I want to be a mommy. Which, again, that's on the to-do list right now, and I want to start my business, and I want to learn this, and I want to learn that, and um, a lot of the times, uh, I have a practicum student, her name's Brenna, I asked her, she's in the back, hi, all right, what makes you tick? I want to be a missionary, 
all right, so what did we do as soon as she, I have a lot of things that I could let her do or have her do that is just on my checklist. There's a lot that I just could use a workhorse for. But does that benefit her? No. So immediately we hooked her up with Lena Mooney, the BGMC director. Who better to learn how to do kids in missions than Lena? Yes, does that hurt me a little bit? Because I was hoping to get some real traction on a couple of projects, kid been in a box. Yes, I want it out there. But you know what? It'll get done. God gave me the vision five years, when I st five, five years ago when I started to do it, and he will finish it. It's not my job to decide when it gets finished. It's my job to keep putting one foot in front of the other in obedience. My job is to develop leaders. My job is to find out what makes people tick and find them a place to grow in that. So I have another example of, of Katrina Miller. Mm -hmm. Is really... She's in kids' ministry, but not really. She's really a, a mentor, a women's ministry person. But we were just having a conversation, and she is a very good, avid writer. So, hey, Gigi, can we make a page on our website to allow her to have that outlet? So now not only is she building her skill in writing so that someday she can write a book and all the things that God's given her, she's also pouring into all of you. You probably don't even know it's there. It doesn't matter if it affects one person and it gives her more tools in her tool belt to do what God designed her to do than I did my job. And so think about your churches. When you have that conversation with that stay-at-home mom, and they're like, I am not serving on a Sunday morning. Like, that's our only family day. I used to hear that quite often when I was at the local church. I understand. Um, but she, you know, oftentimes the, the mom or the stay-at-home dad wants to be involved on a team. All right, what can I give them throughout the week? Well, one of the things I gave away was planning center. Yes, Lord. And so they would on Mondays, every Monday, go through planning center and, and text everybody that didn't have a green check mark. And then on Wednesday, she would go back through. If they still don't have a green check mark, she'd call them. And then on Thursday, if they still don't have a green check mark, then it would come to me. Do you know the amount of hours she saved me? Number one, she saved me tons of hours. Number two, she felt like a part of the team. And number three, people felt like they were part of a team because they were held accountable to what we asked them to do. Oftentimes we're afraid to that piece of accountability because we're afraid they'll quit our team when the opposite is true. You provide account How many of you in a time in your life, and I don't know if you can really think of an example, but I have a couple examples. If I'm late somewhere and no one notices, then really is it that important that I'm there? But I used to text my leader, and I, I, I did it this morning. <laughs> Somebody wasn't here on time, and I, hey, are you good? She just didn't know she was supposed to be here at a certain time. And that's absolutely fine. There's all the grace in the world for that. But she knew she was important because I missed her. And I, and I used to do that all the time on a Sunday morning when I was at the local church, and I had a team. I don't have a team now because I'm at a tiny church. <laughs> we are the team. But when I had a team at a larger church before I came here, I text them all 15 minutes before, before the time of the service because they were supposed to be in their rooms. And it wasn't a jerk text. It was, hey, we're, we're missing you. I'm in your room. Wanted to give you a hug. Do you know when you're going to be here? There's truth in that because, hey, I notice you're not in your room and I'm here waiting on you. But it said with love. I had to get back to my notes. So look for the why God made them and empower them to do that. Make the journey with your leaders about their personal development and not just about the common goal you have. And be accountable to what you ask. So you need to do what you're asking others to do. If you want them there early, then you better be there earlier than they are. 
If you want them to finish stuff on time, then you follow through on the things you say that you're going to finish. The people you lead won't rise to the level of your vision. They fall to the level of your example. Your team notices when you don't do what you ask of them. So that leads into our next point. Yes. Wait, can you say that line one more time? It's really good. The people you lead won't rise to the level of your vision. They fall to the level of your example. That's so good. Awesome. So our next um, thing is self-awareness and self-reflection. So I think in this role, in this job, um, I knew God called me to support Stacy, And um, with that came a false expectation that I had to be good at everything. Anything she asked me to do, I just had to figure it out and do my very best. And I had to be perfect every single time. And obviously that led me to go a little insane. And I don't know why. I, I feel like as a leader, sometimes we feel like we just have to get everything right. Like we have to know everything because we're supposed to lead by example. Well, actually, we don't, and it's okay that we don't know everything. Uh, in my relationship with Stacy, like I appreciate that she that I can come to her and be like, you know what, I don't know how to do this, and it's okay. And we find someone else that can do it. You know, she kind of takes this pressure off of me, and I appreciate it so much. And it kind of like helps, I don't know, build this trust between us that I can, I know that she's going to help me in my weaknesses. And also vice versa. You know, I try to find out, like, what are things that she's not great at or anything that I can do to help lift your arms, like Erin. And same with our strengths. She uh, figured out that recently I love making videos. She's good at it. And, which, I'm okay. (laughs) And, like, she gave me the opportunity to do that, and I felt loved. Like, she cared enough about me to, like, do the, like, help me, like, use my gifts. She kept it a secret for a year. (laughs) I didn't know she liked a video. Okay, let's try this. Let's do it. And like, I don't know, I just appreciate that. And I try to find things that I can like give to Stacey because she, she's amazing. I'm like honored to work with her and have worked with her. <laughs> it's really hard. So she's saying all the nice things. I'm a slave driver, and I know it. Um, so I, raise your hand if you've ever heard of the shoulder ministry illustration from Scott Wilson. All right, good. I'm going to show you. I'm going to blow your guys' mind. <laughs> <laughs> So there's this guy, his name is Scott Wilson, and amazing speaker. He wrote a lot of books. I can't remember them, but just look him up, buy all of them. It's going to be worth it. So he had a dream one night that he was on a stage and behind a podium, and he was preaching. And all of a sudden, he looks down, and there's this giant hole. And he looks down, and it's his dad. His, he, and he's standing on his dad's shoulders. And he realized, like, wow, like, my dad has poured so much into me and has helped me with my calling and literally has lifted me up to where I can actually stand and do what God has called me to do. I think when we have self-reflection and we accept our limitations and our strengths and work together to help build each other up, we do that for each other. I feel like I've been able to do that for Stacy, And she's given me the opportunity to do the same. Like, she's been so supportive and caring for me. So... In order to have a good relationship, we have to support each other. So that leads to our next So we have to be supportive. And part of being supportive is communication. It's one of our four values at the Ohio Ministry Network and for the Ohio for Jesus movement. We have to have good communication because 
to be unclear is to be unkind. It's mean. It's hard, and I am unclear sometimes because I go a lot faster than words can come out of my mouth, as, as you can tell as I'm speaking this morning. My mind runs a million miles a minute. But if you are asking, what you're asking for is so important, then you should write it down or maybe it wasn't that important to you to begin with. So if you're having a conversation, and Brenna can, can attest to this, if I'm talking and she's not writing, I'll just pause. Hey, do you think you, you might want to take notes or do you think this would be important to you? And she's like, oh yeah, 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 I think so. And so she takes notes and it's beneficial, right? So... Maybe I don't have to write it down because it's not as important to me, but it is important to her to where she wants to go and how she wants to grow. And it's not harmful in just saying, hey, is this something you'd want to reflect on? Is this something that would help you do this later? Is this something that will help you remember? You can do it with love and candle. Be sure that everything you want someone to do is written down in some type of job description. I have found that that's really helpful in coaching conversations. And it doesn't have to be a page, two pages. No, it can be, this is, I need a commitment of an hour a month, and I need you to do these three things, and I need you to let me know when it's done. That could be a job description. It doesn't have to be the way we think, like HR. These are your values. These are, nah. You can do that if you've got the time and that's your skill set, but it doesn't have to be. We can keep it simple. But I think it's very important that there's clear, clear communication and expectations so that your people can feel empowered to do what you want them to do. And it takes out that gray area of, like in the beginning, her thinking that she had to do all these things because I can dream all day long and give you all the things. And then we use Asana as our uh, man workflow management yeah. system. And she's got 20 tasks for one day. And so legitimately that's a reality she has every day yeah. I give her lots of things and so we sit down as 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 a team every morning sometimes it's five minutes sometimes it's an hour and 15 minutes because that's how long it's going to take us to get on the same page because communication is so important but the amount and and this is not saying anything bad to my other admins because I've had really great ones I've been really blessed to be here they just have babies and move away. I don't understand. I'm starting to get a complex, but or start businesses and then have babies. But anyway, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, an hour, uh, five minutes to an hour and 15 minutes. Sometimes it takes us to get on the same page. But the truth of the matter is, if we didn't take that time, we wouldn't have accomplished all that we've accomplished in a year and a half. Like, it's uncanny to look back where we were a year and a half ago and where we are now. We have a brand new website. It's beautiful. Everything looks nice. Everything's organized. I know where every penny of ours goes. Like, we have all the spreadsheets in the world, and, and our team is beautiful and growing and multiplying. And it's a lot of th those groundworking conversations that feel daunting at times. I just want to start my day. I just want to get stuff off my checklist. But because we're on the same page, we can run further, faster together than if we were running like this. We're not gonna end up in the same spot at the same time and she's gonna get frustrated because I wasn't clear in my communication. I'm gonna get frustrated because she's doing stuff that really wasn't important to me even though I said it was important. But at the end of the day, when I look at all 20 of her tasks, those three are important. Can you get those done for me today? And Gigi, I'm gonna do these three tasks because that's what's important to help you get your yes. tasks done. And so communication and support is so, so important. Um, the next one is trust. 
So coming into this role, I have baggage. I mean, obviously we all have baggage. I have trust issues. I have um, a difficult relationship with my mother. And in a lot of ways, Stacy reminds me of my mom. <laughs> Very strong, um, just like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to say Authoritative. Authoritative. I mean, I'm harsh. I can come off direct. Direct. Direct, yes. And I think it was so hard not to um, kind of put a wall up like, with Stacy and like almost treat her like my mom. I had to be really intentional about pushing that aside and building that trust with Stacy. And obviously it didn't happen right away. It took us a long time. Because trust, you can't just be like, I trust you, bud, in mm. one night. <laughs> no. It takes a really, really long time. Um, and I feel like one of the things that helps build trust is conflict and resolution. Um, raise your hand if you are an Enneagram 9. Any 9s in here? Hey, <laughs> I, I hate conflict. If I see it two miles away, I'm already running. Like I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to tell somebody that they offended me. I don't want them. I seriously, I cannot take it. The idea of hurting someone's feeling, feelings, or even expressing my own feelings, it is so intimidating. But in order to grow and have healthy relationships, you have to make time to do that. <laughs> so um, Stacy and I decided. I think what better way to to show you guys that than uh, having a little role play. <laughs> and I, I would say with, um, I'm painting myself as a big ogre, but compared to Gigi, I am a big ogre. I'm really not that mean, but I, go ahead. Okay. And this is a real life, one, one of our very first conversations, and this is how it went. Stacy, can I come in? Yes, Gigi, you have my door all the time. Okay. Um, well, I need to say something to you. <laughs> um, so the other day in our kids camp meeting, I, I got really upset. I felt like you were parenting me when, whenever that media issue happened, and I felt embarrassed. Um, because um, of whatever, however you said your comment, it just came across really harsh. And it, I felt like you were pointing, pointing me out in the group of um, our team, and I was just awfully embarrassed and, and really upset. Yeah, I'm sorry. That is not my intention at all. And I know exactly what you're talking about because I immediately felt bad for it. Um, that is one of my flaws, that if I'm squeezed, I can be very direct. And that was not my intention. But here's, I need you to have grace with me, and I know you're really a lot better with words than I am. So, just being honest, how would you have said that different? Because I, truthfully, it's, it's embarrassing to admit, but I honestly don't know how I would have said it any different, because I just told you to go do what you needed to do. So, can you give me some words? Yeah. Um, well, I think with that situation, I think first off, just pulling me aside would have made me feel like less embarrassed, I guess. And then maybe, maybe your approach could have been something like, "Hey, what's going on? Can mm -hmm. I can I help you with something?" Um, and I know in the moment too, it's hard. Like we are stressed, and I I understand that, and I know you didn't mean to do that. Like I know your intentions were very pure. I just know also <laughs> it was just 
so like tense and you know I want to also let you know I, I do forgive you like I know you didn't mean um, ill um, but as far as maybe a suggestion maybe just asking like how can I help you in that moment so Gigi from this point on I know I'm gonna screw up I know I am this is you know I know you have mama issues and I have mama issues and that's the way I was raised in a very harsh direct I don't fluff anything, but I want to because I think that's just treating people with respect and I don't always do that. And so if this happens again, please don't be so timid to come to me. Don't, don't come in and ask, can I have a moment of your time? Just come in. This, this is what I want. This is what I desire. I want to lift your arms as much as you want to lift mine. So if you can, in, in the future, in the moment, I know maybe not in that moment, but don't wait so long to talk to me about it because I don't always remember what it is. I have an awful memory, by the way. I have an awful memory. If you can tell me in the time and then tell me how to say it, I want to be better. I really do. And so if you can help me, I think it'll just be really great in the end. And again, I am so sorry. That was not my intention. Yeah, it's okay. And she bawled the whole time. I, oh, yeah. It was, it was bad. <laughs> but... And this is real life. Like, this isn't something that... It was uncomfortable. I did embarrass her. And I'll be honest, I had no idea I embarrassed her. I just wanted her to do something. Hey, just go do... Just just go do... <laughs> I wasn't really a big jerk, but she's soft. It was in front of people. That bothered her. I just, you know, I have three kids. I just tell them what to do. Like, that's... But it also, I don't want to be that as a parent either. So I use those, I think we all have to use those things, not only in working relationships, but in our parenting relationship and our friend relationships. And really, I know it sounds dumb, but this is legitimate. And she's married to a counselor. A counselor. So I get counseled a lot. (laughs) But it has helped me so much because we all have baggage, right? We all have things that we're just not good at. But she has made me feel safe enough to be able to say, all right, help me walk through that. All right, let's do that. And And I do this with our interns every summer, and that's why they always come back because they're a mess. But that's okay. You're allowed to be a mess in my office. I want you to be a mess in my office. If there's anywhere safe, it's in my office. You tell me all the things. And I'm going to love you through it, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean, one of the interns here uh, has been my intern for several years, and she's just turning 16, but she's been with me for about three years. She was a turd when she started three years ago, (laughs) legitimately. Her parents were like, I don't know what to do with her. I said, just let let me have her. Uh, she's got a lot of leadership potential, and I'll either she'll make it or she'll break it. I don't know. She is a shining star, mm-hmm. but it has a lot to do with all of these things we're talking about. Um, and the other part, to um, just, it's not really in our notes, but I encourage you to learn your people. Give them simple tasks like the wavelength. It takes less than five minutes. Yeah. And you can figure out their strengths and their weaknesses. So on the wavelength, just to give you a 30-second high overview, um, a one, it, it basically gives you a number 1 to 10. 1 is you're a checklister to a T. 10, you're a visionary, and you can't get a darn thing done in a day without somebody helping you administratively. Well, I'm a 5, and you're a 3, 4, 4, 4. 5. 4.5. That's another reason why we work really well together, because we both can be visionary, but we both can be administrative. Now, in our job, 
she has definitely taken the administrative role and I've taken the visionary role, which I've never been able to do. I've always had an admin that was more on the visionary side, very creative, whatever, which I need because I can't graphic anything, which I need. So I've been more on the administrative side, but know your people so that you can support them in that. I have a, a local kids pastor right now that is struggling in a job that is highly administrative, but when I gave her the wavelength, she's an eight. If you don't have somebody, you got to go find you an admin that's willing to help you throughout the week to make sure your Sunday morning happens. And when talking to her pastor to, to help me help you, her pastor's like, she is the best kids pastor I have ever seen. She ministers so well to the kids, but she can't grow a team and she can't get them there because she doesn't do the administrative work because she's an eight. So you have to know that about your people, what their strengths and their weaknesses are, so you can build those things around them. And that leads us to the next one, which is desire excellence and flexibility in the plan and the process. I'll stand back up. But what that means is you have to remove roadblocks for your leaders and who you lead above and below you. You have to at least spend some time every week knowing what is preventing them. And Gigi alluded to it earlier you know, we talk through and she, you know, she tells me what she can and can't do. And it's my job to, to figure it out. That's my job. I'm leading, right? So remove the roadblocks. Recognize the leadership and give them authority and get out of the way. So oftentimes we feel like God has empowered us to do this thing and only we can do it. Well, you are the only one that can do it the way you think. But I'll tell you, this event wouldn't have happened if Stacy did it all by herself. Is everything the way I want it? Absolutely not. There, I, I think through, I'm a six. And so I, who knows about the Enneagram? Not, so we're going to stop using that. Yeah. So I, I, what that means is I can err on the anxious side because I think through every possibility that could actually happen. And I plan for it. Whereas I'm also an eight, which means I am a challenger. So if something's wrong, I'm going to come and I'm going to confront. I don't love confrontation. I'll be honest, I hate it. But I'm willing to do it if it'll help us grow. So I say that because this is awesome because of the amount of leaders that put it on. We have a team of 40 people that put this event on. It wasn't just my brainchild. Now we had two major a director and assistant director that we sat with a couple times, but everybody has a piece of the puzzle. And why that's important? Because I couldn't have done it. It wouldn't, I would have dropped balls. I wouldn't have thought all the things through. It wouldn't be as great as it is. We wouldn't have all the speakers we have because I just, I might be a six and I might think through a lot of things, but I don't think the way God created every one of you. And so we need to have those people around us, and we need to remove the roadblocks from them. If God's given them a vision, you, it's your job to figure out how to make it happen. Because they brought you to your church and to your kids' ministry for a purpose. What is that purpose? And if you have no idea because you're, you don't have that discerning spirit, then pray for it. That's not cliche. That's true. I legitimately pray for wisdom every day. It's every morning because I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's the good... That, and I started this journey and as a kids pastor. Now, I've worked in kids ministry for 15 years, but I only started to become a kids pastor seven years ago. So in every job God's put me in, I had no idea what I was doing. And even as a nurse manager, I had no idea what I was doing. I don't have a master's degree. I shouldn't have been a nurse manager at OSU, but God gave me favor because I just told him, I have no idea what you want me to do or how to do this, but I'll give you every bit of me. Now do it. 
I believe we have to do that. And God removes our roadblocks, so we have to remove others. What questions do you have, if any? Some other tools, if you want to think of questions, that I would do is the Enneagram. The Enneagram is a, is a longer, yeah. it'll take you 10. Yeah. Spell with the E. 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 Yeah. N. E. A. G R A N. Enneagram. And it is. Um, you're a seven. I am not surprised by yeah. that at all. Um, it helps you understand yourself and it helps you understand your team. Knowing she's a nine, she's a complete peacemaker, is what she is. I have to be careful. And I have to ask her how she's feeling a lot. I'm not a touchy feeler. I care less really how I feel. But I care a lot about how she feels because that's what's important to her. So legitimately, at least once a day, ask her how she's feeling. Mm -hmm. We have to learn our people. That's what makes them feel valued and a part of the team. Um, consistently pray for your team. I know that should be something we probably do, but probably something that falls off our radar. I... On my area rep team, I talk to them. I don't talk to them every day because who's got time for me every day? No one. But once a month, it's on my calendar, and it is a part of my checklist because that's important to me to know how to pray for my leaders. And then if they give me something like time-sensitive, I put it on my calendar. And then I know I'm going to pray for it, and then I text them, and I tell them I'm going to pray for them, and then I actually pray for them. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't create those reminders, it's going to fall off of my agenda and my to-do list. Again, I'm a wife, I'm a mother of three kids, I'm a youth pastor at my church, and I work in kids. I'm going to forget. Any questions? Do you have to leave a copy of your notes? Sure. I couldn't write everything fast. I know, we talk fast. Well, I talk fast. I, I don't talk for Gigi. Um, what's the best way to do the notes? Um, if you can email OKM at Ohio Ministry dot net, we can email it to you. Is that how you get on your um, newsletter? Yes. Yeah, you can say just put me on your newsletter yep. and then email and we can do that. That's really easy. There's a newsletter that gets sent uh, the very first week of every month that's got free trainings in it, sometimes free curriculum, sometimes free resources, and all our event information. But the top of it is just for you. However, I can resource you, whatever I can get my hands on, I'll give to you. Is there any other things that we did, like Wavelength Enneagram, that helped us know how we work? You mentioned the five love language in the, the workplace. workplace. Yeah. Five love, because then it takes five. the awkwardness out of the five love languages. Where, mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, I want to do the five love languages with you. No, it, there's one for the workplace. Mm -hmm. So it takes that awkwardness off. Um, and so knowing, even though I know Gigi's not gifts, it's fun to give gifts anyway. <laughs> but um, I do know, like for me, I'm words of affirmation, which is awkward for me, so don't do it in a large public place but if you write me a card it means the world to me and my team probably knows that because I hand write them a card at least once a year is that not true and I mean every word and I don't write generic cards because that's stink you don't write me a generic card but if I, I pray about it and I write specific details that I feel like why you're on the team what God has to say to you and because 
that's what makes me feel valued. I need to be reminded why I'm on this team and why God chose me. And am I making a difference? <laughs> am I doing what God called me to do? I think we need to be more mindful that I think sometimes we think our people know because you smile at them, they need to hear it. They need to be appreciated as much as you think times two. Anything else? I have a question for everyone. Um, So out of the three leadership styles, Moses, Aaron, and Joshua, like you personally, what do you guys relate to? Like I relate to Aaron, because I'm definitely not a take charge person. So what's your leadership style? I'm just curious, since we have time. (laughs) Anyone would like to share? Oh, how about this? Raise your hand if you feel like you're Moses. Like, I'm just going to get it done. And I'm a mess up, (laughs) but I'm leaving a legacy Mm -hmm. because I have a lot of leaders around me that I really, really do value and are way better than me. (laughs) Raise your hand if you feel more like an Aaron. Like, you're just called a support. Hey, I'll feel you. Hey, what about Joshua's? Anyone that just like you're militant, you're yes, great, you're awesome, fearless. you're on the front line, but you don't have a team around you. If you get so, <laughs> there is one more key to effective leading the way God made you. You have to make a I got hit by the bus plan. This yes. is what's happening on the side. Or it's so, toss the football. I'm sorry. What was it? Uh, someone said toss the football. I, it, that was someone else's thought. Ryan, I think. Ryan yeah. toss the football. Yeah. So. Do, especially for our Joshua's, make sure that if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, somebody knows what's going to happen on Sunday. (laughs) Who are your leaders? What do they do? What are your kids' names? When are their birthdays? What do you do with your kids on a Sunday morning? That has to be somewhere. Um, And I'll give you a real-life example just because we have time. Um, And and many of you may already know this, but I'm going to say last year, but we didn't have camp last year. Last year um, at camp... uh, uh, we were gearing up for our first of two weeks of camp, and I was brushing my teeth, still on my PJs on, but my husband and my son and my youngest daughter were ready to go. So they got on the four-wheeler and headed over to Oakwood because we had to finish some stage design stuff. And so I was just going to take the golf cart. Well, I got a phone call from, which as a God thing, there was a nurse uh, is a, was one of my starter camp uh, helpers just over at Oakwood. And if you know anything about Heartland, Oakwood is here. Hickory's way back here. She had no business at Oakwood on a Sunday morning before anybody else was up. But she was. She was taking a walk. And what she had encountered was my husband flipped to ATV. Um, and what had, what had happened was my youngest at the time was six. And she hit the accelerator and he couldn't get her finger off of it. And he was approaching the building and a car, and so he had to make a decision, and so he, he turned it, and he ended up flipping it. My son flew off the back, and he was 10. He just had road rash on, some, on his arm and his butt. And then my youngest daughter got pinned under the four-wheeler, and my husband flew. I don't know where my husband went, but his head hit the car, cracked the car, and then hit the, hit the pavement. And somehow he got the bearings with a broken back and a concussion and a head injury to get up, flip the four-wheeler off my daughter, who had a hanging off finger and a gash in her arm and a gash on her forehead, um, get it off of her and then he immediately seized and went down and, and uh, we had to strong run him to keep him awake and 
with us uh, until the ambulance got here. But all that to say, if if I didn't have the I got hit by the bus plan, or it's going to be eventually flip a four-wheeler plan, we're just not, it's not funny yet <laughs> to my youngest, so <laughs> it's funny to everybody else, but not to my youngest yet. Um, camp could have gone differently, but it didn't skip a beat. I had everything in a binder, and I know you don't have to have it in a binder, you can have it digitally, but I know Heartland, Heartland's internet stinks, so everything from how they were going to run the meeting on Sunday night, to the service order, to who was doing what. And so they knew the gaps that I was going to fill. And so somebody filled my gaps to all the housings were printed out there, all the leaders were printed out there. Everything was in that binder that they needed. And they didn't, now, obviously they prayed for us that night, but camp didn't skip a beat. The, and I could concentrate on what I needed to concentrate on was my family. Do I go with my husband to Grant or do I go with my kids to Children's? worst decision I've ever had to make, but God made it for me. His ambulance left before I could even leave my, my daughter because she was hysterical. All that to say, my husband's great. He he, dealt, he does struggle with um, mental problems. That's what I was going to say. But that's not <laughs> <laughs> for that, but he does have memory issues a little bit. He's super sharp, so now he's like the rest of us, is what I told him. Um, and uh, my son's great, and my daughter... Uh, has always struggled with anxiety, so now we're just we're using the sword of the spirit and we're we're fighting that. But she's good too, and she'll show you her finger and her forehead and her arm, and we make her talk about it all the time because I think that's healthy. It's it's you are a miracle. Yes, you are. Um, God saved you, and and I, mommy's so happy. Dad's real happy. Dad still beats himself up about it. I'm a police officer. I should have known not to turn, but I didn't. You know, dads are. The dad's in the room. But anyway, hit by the bus plan. Have you hit by the bus plan? Because you never know when it is necessary or needed, and I hope you never need it. Mm -hmm. But it also is just leaving a legacy. It's being Moses and not Joshua, making sure that you're leaving something that can be built upon. It's the shoulders thing. Mm -hmm. Do you have shoulders that somebody can stand mm -hmm. on? And that can go. Uh, further with and you know my plan is not to die as the OKM director I, I want I'm called to be a missionary in Africa so I'm here until God tells me which if it's what I'm telling God it's about eight years but I don't know what that has for me so but thank you if you don't have any questions you're free to go get lunch it should be right there in the foyer you just grab a box and go to your next session so you can eat socially distanced, or you can go outside, or you can find anywhere in the building, but we suggest you go to the next session just because you have room. So thank you so much. Thank you.